and speak none but one minute. If that long. Are you sure it was one minute, Carol? You sure it wasn't more like 45 seconds? Yeah, I got up and cried and quoted the scripture and turned around and sit right back down. <laughs> People sitting looking like, yeah. Oh, well. Then if you heard the broadcast last night, I mentioned a little bit more. On it, um, Pilgrim said, well, we had somebody drop off. Y'all heard that last night. That's totally contrary to the way that man believes in the hour that we're in today. They, you know, we, we got this, um, I don't know. Don't let me get started on that. Let me tell you where I get my mind from. I get my mind from this book that you carry around. I've had the mind of the world before. The Bible teaches that we ought to have the mind of Christ. You know what I mean? I talked about briefly for a moment last night how that I was telling a guy down there, I haven't used toothpaste and I can't tell you how long what they were called toothpaste. It's been years. You understand what I mean? And he, <laughs> everybody, we get my comments, boy, you foolish. Everything's funny and he, he, ha, ha. Hmm? Look at your teeth and look at mine. Now who's laughing? You're afraid to laugh. They ain't afraid of laughing foolishness now. You know, they're willing to show all that railroad tracks and foolishness. You get serious with them and start telling them the truth, and all of a sudden, come on, brother, smile now. I said, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's what I'm talking about right there. Because nobody likes it at first. Later on, he did thank me for being sober. Okay. Eric, what I'm going to talk about here this morning, nobody's exempt from this one. We've all been affected by it. Of course, every message I preach, we've all been affected by it. Later on, we give you an opportunity to tell Everybody, brother, Axel, how that Spanish-speaking people allow English demons speak through them, and they don't even know English. Go figure that one. <laughs> Something, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, saints, this stuff we in, it's not no plaything. No way, shape, fashion, or form. You're admonished to be transformed by the of your your mind. If you're the only, you know your mind operates based on what you've already got in it. You understand this, right? Your mind operates based on what's already in it, not what needs to go in it. All our responses are based on what we already know. It would be crazy for us to expect more of ourselves when we don't have it. We're here to learn how to appropriate Jesus Christ. Anybody know what that means? 
Nobody. Brother Rich. Brother Rich is trying to give y'all a chance. Hmm? You said to make it yours. To appropriate. What else? right that's what um, being a real believer is all about you understand that you understand this we're going to talk about passivity all right I've talked about it once before. Probably got about 30 minutes logged in. You getting a good hot signal back there, brother? You got to cut on them congregational mics and make it a little bit up, a little higher, brother. The one thing I've never said is that dying is easy. Even when someone is dying, they struggle to hold on to every breath. So do we as a people do the same thing in our natural life. And this is why the church has so many problems with people. Because people are saying that they are dead while they are maintaining their life. Or they're living. You understand this? The chief reason for one of the hosts or for someone to be a host for the spirit of passivity is wrong interpretations of truth. We can't define truth based on what we once knew. I mean, I'm willing to admit the fact that everything I've ever learned in life was a lie. Brother Pilgrim even said last night, all the way down to brushing my teeth. Anybody ever, anybody, has anybody in here ever used fluoride toothpaste? Let me ask you a question. Did, what, what was wrong with your volation at that time? Was it working then? Was your active, collective reasoning abilities working then? Did you have them? Why hadn't we used them? We, had, we didn't use them because we were passive. We believed everything that everybody has ever told us without checking out anything. The majority of church service is a passive fest. If you ring a bell and you have sheep or goats and they, are, they, and they have become accustomed to that bell being rung, do you believe that they will respond to the ringing of the bell? So as we as human beings. And so to die out to this kind of nature because there's only one growth in Jesus Christ. There's growing in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because people are destroyed for not what they know, but for what they don't know. And the knowledge that God wants us to have is the knowledge of him. In the Garden of Eden. There were two voices that went on in the garden. 
God spoke to man, gave him instruction and direction on what he should do. Satan spoke to Eve and gave her a suggestion on what she should do. When we look at ourselves today, we figured out which voice we obeyed. Now, as becoming the sons of God, notice I use the word becoming the sons of God. You know, a lot of people just, you know, the, a lot of people don't know that the scriptures say that he has given us the right to become the sons of God. That, that means it is progressive. Do you understand that? It doesn't mean that you're automatically a son of God, brothers and sisters. You do not receive an inheritance until time for the inheritance. You can be called a son until time of the inheritance. But there's been many people that have inheritance for children or family members laid back and many didn't receive it because they did not do everything that was written in the contractual agreement to receive the inheritance. So we're constantly evolving as the people of God to become the sons of God. Because, see, we were created in the image of God. Hallelujah. So, when we're born again of the water and of the spirit, our minds, depending on how it operates and how it computes and reasons, lets us know who we are obeying at any given time. Is this making any sense? There are the sons of God, and then there are the sons of Satan. Paul, one time himself, was a son of Satan. Said, I persecuted the church. Concerning the law, I was blameless. I had a zeal for God. But it wasn't according to knowledge. Then Paul became a son of God. And Paul made statements like this. Not as though as if I've already obtained. He's letting us know, no, I haven't attained yet. But this one thing I do. I forget those things that are behind and he's telling us something. See, if you continually keep remembering those things that are behind, they're going to be like weights dragging up on you. And you're not going to be able to accurately run this race as you should. I mean, he made statements. I mean, all throughout there. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us. And let us run this race with patience. Is this all making sense? So he said, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I don't use the liberty that I have as a cloak of maliciousness. He finished his course by saying, I am now ready. 
How do you know he's ready? I've finished the course. I've fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. So henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of glory that shall never fade away. So Paul understood. And we ought to thank the Heavenly Father for the letters that we got because if it wasn't for those letters, we wouldn't understand today because there's no way we could understand the level and get the understanding to where we have attained to thus far without Paul writing these letters to the particular churches. Because the old covenant doesn't bring that out. That's why we must have line upon line and precept upon precept. That's why we as the people of God, we must study to show yourself approved because the real truth, the only real true reason and the only real true way you can ever gain any knowledge in this world is reading. Y'all remember uh, Brother Harris that was here? When we met Brother Harris, he couldn't read. So Brother Harris would get some Bible cassette tapes. And he would open up his Bible, and he'll find out where it was, and he would follow along. He learned how to read by reading the Word. He sure did. There's a quote that somebody made, and he said, He who passively accepts evil is as much as involved in it as he who helps to perpetuate it. How often have we lived our lives and have accepted something as being from God or gospel truth without any action on our part? Not actively taking part means tending not to participate actively and usually letting others make decisions, which is really saying, I do not want to be responsible for my actions. Now, at any given time, if I lose you in thought because you need to be online, just, just raise your hand and I'll repeat what I said before. Apathy is a lack of enthusiasm or energy. A lack of interest in anything. Or the absence of any wish to do anything. We're defining these terms and these definitions right now because we're getting to passivity itself. But in order for you to understand what it means to have passivity, to be passive, and in order for you to actually make a good sound judgment about yourself. Because remember, Paul said, if I judge myself, I should not be judged. The scriptures teach us, let every man examine himself to see whether he be in the faith. So you can't be listening to messages and have other people in mind. You'll fall in line with the scriptures saying deceiving yourself. Is that right? Hallelujah. Let me go over apathy again. Apathy is a lack of enthusiasm or energy. Lack of interest in anything or the absence of any wish to do anything. 
Emotional emptiness is the inability to feel normal or passionate human feelings or to respond emotionally. Today we live in a society where they give you certain drugs that can actually put you in these states. I mean, they can act, the drugs itself can actually put you in these states. I think one of them is called Ritalin. Now, mind you, some of us haven't taken any Ritalin and we're in that state. We're doing a teaching today, and the reason why we're teaching is because if you're going to be an overcomer, you're going to need the proper tools in order to overcome. Because the weapons of our warfare are not cardinal. They're not mighty through us because our hand is on them, but they're mighty through him. Amen? Dull sympathy. Characteristic of a passive person is dull sympathy, dull in thought, and dull in mind. Passivity causes a lack of concern for others. And we're going to give you some scriptures too to, to relate all this. Passivity is a false sense of a state of rest, peace, and joy. Underline capitalized False sense of rest, peace, and joy. Many times believers have given themselves over to this type of spirit by becoming unconcerned for the state or the estate of others. One of the inductions that the enemy will use is offense. You know, he'll put up an offense and cause you to become barren towards a brother or sister. He'll cause you to become barren with, and disconnect with your own self. Under the guise that it's a whole lot better to be over here in this state than to feel the pain. Hallelujah. The only way you're going to understand what I'm saying today, you're going to have to have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Passivity locks people up into a prison of themselves. It causes separation. It causes you to separate from God, separate from others, and last but not least, separation from yourself. The purpose is to make one incapable of acutely understanding the needs of others in the body of Jesus Christ or even in the world. The chief reason for one to be a host of the passive type of spirit is the wrong interpretations of truth. Second time we heard that. Now let's go to Galatians 2.20, okay? And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going to bring this thing out. 
The scripture says, I am crucified with Christ. Now, that is an action, brothers and sisters, not something said. That is something where not only you, but others can see the demonstration of it. If we just look at the physical crucifixion of Jesus Christ, that was an action that everybody could see and relate to. Is that right? And just that action in itself communicated a lot to the mind. Is that right? But watch this now. He says, nevertheless, now notice, this is while he is what? Crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. In other words, he did not stop ceasing to exist. Yet, not I. See, now we're dealing also with the book of Romans, the sixth chapter. But Christ that liveth in me. So, you see, there used to be a time that we were alive without Jesus Christ. And Paul is relating to us that this old man is the man is to be crucified. The new man, now I'm pulling from the book of Romans, okay, is the man which is supposed to be alive in Christ. Amen. So when Paul uses the term, yet not I, meaning not the old man, not the old me, not the old feelings, not the old emotions, not the old responses, not the old way I act, not the old way I used to be. Anybody in here know any of them old mans that need to be crucified with Christ? But the life that should be seen now is the life that brings forth life and energy that only comes by Jesus Christ. That should be coming out of every vessel of God. And the life which I now live in the flesh. Notice the life which I now live in the flesh. He's trying to talk to us now. He's trying to tell us something. That there's a new man going on here. I live not by the way I used to. But I live it by the faith of the son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Now. Any teaching or tradition which does not cause you to use your mental faculties is demonic. Every single one of us from the pulpit to the last dough have been demonically infested with teachings, traditions, and lies that we all have accepted without using any of our mental faculties at all. So when this old man refuses to die and this new man is trying to live, there's going to be a, a conflict in there. You understand this? There's going to be a grave conflict in here. Am I going slow enough? God wants his people active while you're living in Christ. Not dead. He wants you active in mind, active in body, 
active in soul and active in spirit. Paul said, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. Now, yes, we are crucified with Jesus, but that does not mean we stop functioning. In mind, in body, in soul, and in spirit. It's just that the old that we used to function out of is now dead. Or at least it should be. So that means we have to be totally wiped out like a hard drive, defragged or done or whatever you call that. Or what? F-disc. A format, that's good. And we have to be rewritten on again. We have to be reprogrammed. And the only programming, you get this kind of programming, you never have to be defragged. Now let's look at some statements and some examples of, of how Jesus taught about life and what he thought about life in itself and the mind that we should have. Matthew 6, 24. And then we're going to go to Luke 22, 5. Matthew 6, 24, and it says this, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Did y'all hear this? If any man will come out to me, let him do what? Deny, deny who? Deny everybody else. And take up his cross and do what? And follow me. Then he says this, for whosoever will save his life. The flip side of it is you're going to lose it. Whatever you're trying to do to preserve yourself, you're going to lose it. And whosoever will lose his life, now here's the key, for my sake. For whose sake? For my sake. Shall find it. Did y'all hear that? This right here is a good key to what we're getting ready to go into. Luke 22, 25. The question is today, now watch this now. Demonic spirits will keep you from being the servants of Jesus Christ that you should, but they can only do it by your approval. Even though Jesus hung on a cross, it took some time for him to die. He was even up there. For a particular time. Yes, sir. And he said unto them. The kings of the Gentiles. Exercise lordship over them. And they that. Exercise authority. Upon them are called benefactors. But. Big key. He's finna, what he did was. Bring our thought pattern into something to let us see how it works today. Now he's going to talk about, he, he let us know how the world operates. But now he's going to let us know how his kingdom operates. And he says, but you shall not 
be so. You should not be like the kings of the Gentiles which exercise lordship over them. But he that is greatest among you. And we hardly ever see these attributes. And let's look and see how Jesus defined this. Let him be as the younger. The world is built on pride and self-exaltation. And the kingdom of God is built on humility and lowliness. Providing you know where your position is. Because you have to know where you are in order to get to where you should be. And he that is chief as he that doeth serve. That's totally contrary to the way things operate in this world that we live in now. The ones that's chief are the ones that's being served. Is that right? Amen. Don't be shy now. The ones that are great, they don't want to get the red carpet rolled out for them. Is that right? Jesus went on to say in the 27 verse, for whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth. Is not he that sitteth at meat? So he's even telling us who's the greatest, right? Who's the greater? Watch this. Jesus said this, but I am among you as he that serveth. One of the greatest mysteries that there is in, in order to be great in the kingdom. Here and, and later. The greater you are will show by your servitude. Not by your lack of neglect and withdrawal. Apathetic type of spirit. Get offended. Pull back. Because you're displaying that the old man is not crucified. And if that old man is not crucified, there's no way you can be the disciple that Jesus has called us to be. In the kingdom of Jesus Christ, whoever is great is the greatest in the servant. Whoever is great is the greatest servant of everyone. Was not Jesus our master, our king, our Lord, and our God? Did he not give us an example by coming not to be served, but to serve? Somehow, this has been erased from our conscience. The spirit of the world does not teach like Jesus did. The world teaches us to promote ourselves and put yourself first in everything that appertaineth unto you. That's what the world teaches. And, and the spirit that goes along with it is that if you don't do that, you're going to be taken advantage of. So therefore, you're going to have to build a fortress around yourself. You're going to build a, a protection and a cage around yourself to make sure that nobody injures you and nobody takes what you seem to have. So rather than making provisions of the kingdom, because we hadn't put the kingdom knowledge in our mind, we end up making provisions for the self. And we develop self-preservation. 
Luke 10, 40 says, now watch this. And you need to get this. And you'll be fine. You don't have to open up your Bible and flip if you don't want to. Faith come by hearing. But if you want to, fine again. Hallelujah. It says, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. Y'all seeing this? Now she's actually doing, at least it appeared, doing what seemeth to be right because she is what? Serving. And came to him and said, Lord, she's saying, look, Jesus, doest thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she should help me. We get to see this all the time around the community. And, and rightfully so around the community because there ain't too many sitting down listening to the preacher. As the word is coming forth at that time, we're just dealing with old-fashioned neglect. Did I say something wrong? But watch this now. Jesus... And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. This is what you need, Martha. And Mary have chosen the, look, that good part which shall not be taken away from her. The key to this was, is that whatever Martha was doing, it could have waited. Jesus had already told the disciples earlier, man, you always got all this stuff around you, but with me, you don't always have me here. And Mary is sitting down getting everything she could from Jesus. Uh-oh. And Jesus even told her, Mary have chosen the good part. Let me put it in everyday terms. Whatever you're doing, Martha, get over here and pull up a chair like Mary has. Put your priorities straight and get them in order. Because when I leave this house, you can take care of what you're getting ready to take care of. He was letting her know that him, himself, and what he is saying and teaching was more important than what she got going on. Oh, boy. So Mary's priorities were different than Martha's. Hallelujah. Luke 14. Starting at verse 25. How many times are we tempted to put down our own self-interest before others? Hmm? How many times are we? This type of attitude breeds Selfishness. How many times we're tempted not to put down our own self-interest before others? This attitude does breed selfishness. It matter of fact, I'll tell you what, what the fruit of this particular spirit is. It actually, and you, you can show it, you can't hide it. It actually steals the joy of the Lord from you. 
Because that's the only fruit that selfish can manifest. You know, here we talk about spiritual warfare, deliverance and stuff, and we often go into the characteristics of how spirits behave. And, you know, if I told you certain things like if you see this type of behavior and then you see these symptoms, it's this spirit. That's the same thing we need to apply our hearts and mind to each time, brothers and sisters. Amen. Now look what he says right here. We're in Luke, the 14th chapter, and we're going to start at verse 25. And the scriptures read like this. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, who's doing the talking here? Jesus. All right. And hate. That word hate means detest. Do you detest sewage? If you don't, something wrong with you. But hate, that word hate means to detest. If any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, and yea, that means and yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. See the reason why we're having so much trouble with servitude today? And, and that's not a mistranslation we're reading there either. Somebody said, now what do you mean? The key here is being his disciple. If any of this is before Jesus, you can't be his disciple. Uh-oh. Your father may have you to do something contrary to God. Your mother, same thing. Your wife also and your children. Your sisters too. And not only that, but including you yourself. Now Jesus is a hard line. He's a plumb line now. He's telling you the truth, brothers and sisters. And he said, and whosoever doeth not bear his cross. And mind you, that cross is the denying of oneself. And come after me cannot be my disciple. A disciple is a pupil. A disciple is a student. A disciple is someone who is learning about his Lord, his King, his God. And we're all in a disciple stage. But he's letting us know that if there are certain things you can't do, I'm going to let you know real clear, you can't be it. You, not my disciple. Uh-oh. And again, we're not reading a mistranslation. We're reading the words right out of the mouth of the king himself. God is a jealous God. Jesus is definitely showing that he still has not changed. Uh-oh. For which of you intending to build a tower, set up not down first and count up the cost? When I was in Louisiana, I was speaking to some preachers down there. And it's amazing they have an epidemic going on down there where everybody wants to be a bishop. And that's because they have this kind of rank structure where they believe the bishop, and then it's the elder, and then it's the minister, and then it's so forth and so on. 
So I was talking about three or four of them, and I said, I tell you what, which of you can leave what you're doing right now and go do the work of Jesus? I mean, if you have a mortgage on your home, you can't go do the work of God because if the Holy Spirit called you to go do his work, what's going to happen to your family? Well, I'm, I'm letting you know there's a key going on there. You don't hate what you got going on enough to be his disciple. Because when the apostles were called, who were nothing more than just regular people like us in that day, the Bible said they dropped what they'd done and they left and forsake everything. Say, come on, bishops. Which one of us is willing to do that? Because God about as quiet like it is now, too. Hmm? I said, come on, brother. You just got a, a brand new job. Top level management position. I saw your nice home over there. You see, we've been wired and programmed such a way that when the Holy Spirit does speak to us, we can't go do his will. Because we have this old man that tells us, God didn't say that because God know I've got to what? Live. In other words, you're not willing to deny yourself. Now, I know that we don't usually hear preaching and teaching like this today, but the gospel still hadn't changed. It's still the same message. It's still the same requirements. And I know this is unpopular and we don't like hearing it, but the truth is, all y'all men of God, you better start getting your lives in order. Of course, everybody looking at me. Turn the page, Pastor Dow. Let's go to another subject. That was one of the first things that God said to him. He said, son, how in the world can you do my will when you got all these other baggage behind you? I called you to be my servant. So what are you going to do? So I started making moves. Somebody got to do it. You got to hate your own life. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, you see, Martha was coming by with so many things because she was what was more important to her was what she had going on at that particular time. But with Mary, what was more important to her is listening to the master while he was sitting there. Come on, some of us, what's more important is is to have a grand old life and live life to its fullest and do whatever. And that's not too much of denying itself. I'm going to tell you, see, we've been deep, uh, we've been duped and deceived and lured into this mindset to where we believe we're serving Jesus when we're really just serving ourselves, and whenever it's conducive, we put him into our life. He's a jealous God. He either gets all of you or he gets none of you. Hard message. But it's the truth. He's trying to invoke and incite the conscious mind right now 
28 verse, he said, For which of you intending to build a tower, set up not down first and count the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it. Hmm? Right now, we're supposed to be building on the foundations of Jesus Christ and of that of the apostles. Is that right? That's supposed to be our priority in life. Is to be is the building of that kingdom. Now, a wise master builder, he will say, you know what? I think I'll work on this building that I can't see. This building that is not built with hands. I remember the parable one man said, so you have laid up much goods. Man, you got everything that there is to have, but you don't have enough space to put everything. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to tear down these barns. I'm going to put up greater ones. And the Holy Spirit came to that man and said, Fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Do you think that that man counted the cost of what he was building? He was building for the wrong kingdom. This is a hard saying. Who can receive it? Today Jesus has some of our minds, some of our soul, some of our body, and some of our substance, but he don't have it all. Because you never know when he's going to call you. The key is you be ready for the day that he calls you. And I can tell you right now that the requirement is greater for men than it is for the sisters. And if he can't get the men to obey, how in the world he going to get the sisters to obey? We need to position our minds to get to the point to where there's nothing between my soul and my Savior. I said your mind, not your substance. I said your mind because it's your mind that's keeping you from your substance. The real substance. Faith is the substance of the things that is hoped for. Not this stuff down here that's called substance. And the evidence of things not seen. So it must be and first be a transformation of the mind. His laws must be written on the tables of our heart in order for us to obey him. Consider, sit down, count the cost while you build it. Do you have enough sufficient faith to finish? Paul said, I kept the faith. But before he said that, he said, I finished the course. We lay in a block building. Each one of these levels are called courses. Now, I'm sure that he was talking about the course of life. Paul had nothing between his soul and his Savior. But the church is weak today because the men are weak. 
we've compromised the Christ. The Bible teaches us the sisters, they supposed to be chase keepers at home. They got a home to keep. I remember a prophet named Ananias had to be ready for his call. That may be the only time he will ever use. Only record we got, but he was ready. Y'all hear that? Nowhere he kept himself in a high state of readiness to be used by God, even though it caused fear upon his life. God, I heard about this man. Don't you know? Why do you think the Holy Spirit came to him? With all the brothers and sisters, especially in the faith chapter, Hebrews 11, that's gone on before us, our world has got our mind viewing that to us as what a tragedy. But the scriptures don't read like that. The scriptures read, in my interpretation, what a glorious triumph. Did I say something wrong? I'm telling you. The mind is in the wrong place. And we're going to get a little bit more into showing the reason why it's in the wrong place. But we must needs go over this because we need to see how the king thought. That's why we're in the gospels right now. 29th verse says, Less happy after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, and all that behold it begin to mock him. Let's just put this to the analogy of salvation. When you're really truly saved, you meet all kind of opposition. And there's every hindrance in the world to keep you from finishing. And when you don't finish, there are those that are standing around with their finger ready, loaded, and cocked to point it right at you, to mock you and laugh at you. See, I told you you wasn't going to finish it. You shouldn't have never even laid it. You should have kept on building over here. The self, get what you can get and all you can get and get it now. Only one life. Uh-oh. Saying this man began to build but was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another sit of not down first and consulted whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. You can see that he does want our mind active. He wants us to seriously count the cost. Uh, not all of these analogies of counting the cost. You need to do an inventory of yourself to see if you got enough sufficient to finish the building that is built. Do you got enough in you to withstand the mockery and the cruelty and the rough sayings that other people will speak against you? Do you have enough in you to continue the war? Because there's great adversaries against you. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, the other army. He sendeth ambassadors and desire conditions of peace. So Jesus finishes by saying, so likewise. 
whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath he cannot be my disciple these are scriptures modern day established like for you to just brush over and never read they don't want you to know this but it's a great price Luke 6 Is the Holy Spirit speaking in your hearts? Yes, sir. Yes, it is. Is he dealing with you? Yes. I don't know how he's dealing with you. But preaching is kind of hard to keep yourself together. Luke 6, 37. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given you, unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure, that ye meet. Let me ask you, how are you measuring in your giving? You give a peasant's reward and expect a peasant's reward back. How much of yourself do you give? That's what denying is. He does capitalize on a man must deny himself. See, the key to the kingdom is if you don't hate all the things that would hinder you from doing his will, then you don't deny yourself. You don't hate yourself. But you love yourself. And not with the kind of love that God had created in the commandment either. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. And he spake a parable unto them. Here we go again. Now understand, when Jesus speaks a parable, it's not for everybody to understand it. It is only for his people. It's only for those who have the ears to hear. And he can tell which one that the Father has given the ears to hear because they hear his voice and they do his will. Jesus could sit right out there as he began to say this parable and tell which was his and who wasn't. Can the blind lead the blind? It's a good question. Can they? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? In other words, will they not go the wrong way? And come to sudden destruction or a halt. The disciple. Somebody say I'm a disciple of the king. Is not above his master. Say Jesus is the master. But everyone that is perfect. 
shall be as his master. Y'all remember everything you're supposed to be denying while you're hallelujah and praising the Lord. Don't want to steal your thunder, but you need to know the reason why you respond. You remember the rich young ruler? Boy, how arrogant he was in his disposition and his servitude towards God. Was he not? And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thy own eye? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thy eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thy own eye? Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye and then shalt thou see clearly to pull the mote that is in thy brother's eye. For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Neither doeth a corrupt tree bringeth forth good fruit. For every tree is known you hear this for every tree is known by his own fruit your tree is not predicated upon anybody else's fruit don't tell me we're going to cross pollinate and all this other stuff uh uh come on brothers and sisters For of thorns do men not gather figs. You ain't never seen no fig tree having thorns. Nor in bramble bush gather they grapes. You hear that? No, no admixture of what is good and what is corrupt. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. Of his heart. Bring it forth that which is good. See, so where does it come from? It comes from the heart. If you're going to see what's on the tree, you're going to know what's in it by what's on the heart. Let's just tell the truth. Some of us got thorn spirits. Some of our trees full of thorns. And we sticking everybody we can. Don't come over here plucking no fruit because ain't none. So that's the reason why we need preaching. Just like bitter and sweet can't flow from the same fountain, you can't get a thorn tree bearing figs. You can't get a bramble bush bearing grapes. That is a freak of nature. An impossibility. We, I know, we, we got fig tree and we got grapes down there. And this is a true saying. 
Diane, does those grapes bear thorns? I haven't seen a one. Sister Vicky, does those figs bear thorns? See, the key is, notice, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. You got to know your heart. Bring it forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure. Hey, there's evil treasure. Out of his heart, bring forth that to which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, speaker. See, so you can tell what's, what kind of tree you are. What's coming out of the mouth. Whatever. We, we've heard it a thousand times around here. You want to know what's going on in somebody's heart? Listen to what's coming out of the mouth. How many times, because of passivity, we get lured and deceived into um, cardinal conversation? Without having our sober meter on. Every time you open your mouth, that's your heart. Every single, whatever comes out of it, that's your heart. Sometimes your secret places is revealed. But it's only revealed to those who understand what Jesus is saying and are sober to it. Because remember, every idle word is going to judgment. Remember how we talk about passivity, how it likes infiltrating and just taking your whole entire nature, making you passive and inactive, uh-oh, causing you to be lethargic and apathetic, spirit, soul, body, mind, to where you, doesn't, you don't use any of your active volition whatsoever at all. So when we come to Jesus, there's a retention of the personal being and ego. There's a retention of the will and the personality. Not of the old man, but of the new man that is created in Christ Jesus. And notice the key is the new man that is created in Christ Jesus. The new man that Jesus is talking about is a new man that is that should be and supposed to be dominated by the Holy Spirit. Of God and not evil selfish man because when you were not with Christ you were being dominated whether you want to put your mind to it or not. By the old evil Adamic nature. When you come to Jesus you ought to be dominated. When you Hey you didn't know that? You didn't know that when you um. Gave your life to Jesus. You said, hey, Lord, I'm sick and tired of this. You take my life. Some of us want to do some Indian giving, don't we? Uh-oh. Second Corinthians 5, 17, one of you brothers get that and thunder it real loud. Well, let me stay with the message, because if I don't, boy, I'll start grabbing his mind, start popping off and running all over the place again. Brother, saying real loud, brother. Therefore, Therefore, 
For, in other words, it's there for a reason, right? Is that what therefore means? Lydia. Lydia. My little girl. Is therefore mean it? It's therefore. It does. I mean, English literature should be teaching you something, shouldn't it? That depends on what mind is trying to teach you, don't it? Therefore, if who, Brother Shane? Any man. If any man be what? In Christ. In who? In who? In who? I don't, don't seem like God is trying to take a, a rain check on this contract that he's made with you. So therefore, if any man be in Christ, he, talking about who? He, talking about who? He's a what? New He's a new creature. How I many of you folk claim to be new and you're still acting the old way? That's the reason why we read the scriptures that Jesus told us we need to judge ourselves. Yeah. And we'll not be judged. Before I come over here and start trying to pick little moats out of your eye, I need to get rid of this big old gigantic beam in mine. Amen. So it said, if you're going to be Anybody in Christ, right? If any man be in Christ Jesus. Is that right? He is a what? New creature. And then look what he said. He says, look at this. Look at this. Old things are what? How many of you still dealing with a bunch of old things? So I came out here so I could get the speakers. It hit my ears too. Are you in Christ Jesus? Well, how many old things are not passed away? You need to judge yourself right now. Because those old things that are not passed away, that's keeping you from becoming a new creature. That's part of this intrusion and acceptance of this passive mind, which we're going to get a little bit more in depth with here in a few seconds. He already told us, there's no way that you can have your life and have mine too. So therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And what, brother, say? Behold. Behold. I want you to all look and see. Just look and see. All things become what? New. You're going to find out how we should be behaving, especially when we have trials, tribulations upon us. That's supposed to be a joy with them. Sorry, folks. The new man is supposed to display joy. For those who are informed and got the law written on their hearts for the suffering of the present time, it's not even word to be compared which shall be revealed in us. It, that's the law written on the tables of the heart. See, so I, hey, Paul said, I learned to take pleasure. He just, he just didn't heap up on him one day. He said, I learned to take pleasure in my infirmities. Is the old man still living in you? That's who's causing you all your problems. All things become new. Thank you, brother. 
Let me give you an example. And y'all please listen to me on this because y'all believers and you really need to have this in the forefront of your mind because you don't want anybody to ever receive another spirit. So pay attention, please, because you ain't going to hear this from nowhere else. I don't even know how many other people even know this or even believe like this. But it's just something God has given to me, and anytime time he gives me something, it's my job to give it to you. I'm not supposed to just heap knowledge upon myself and not express and give it to you. The key is, is I, you get some, you give it to somebody else. I get some, I give it to you, so therefore it'll spread so we can get about our Father's business. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some have even stopped making this a priority in the new believer's life. Some of my own personal checks are this when people are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is the person still there? Anybody want me to clarify that? Let me clarify that. Sometimes you get in... Of course, you know, Brother Shane and I, I'll just use him for an example. We've been in, I can't tell you how many different arenas to where we have saw all kinds of stuff that they call the Holy Spirit. And we never got a witness that a lot of this stuff they call the Holy Spirit was the Holy Spirit at all. So let me give an example. There was a time when people be praying for the Holy Spirit and um, they, they get in the person to pray and stuff. And all of a sudden the person, you may see actions, but their mind is not there. So they kind of lose all sense of awareness. And while the people still praying for them and encouraging them to receive the Holy Ghost, the, the other person said, now, and they just saying whatever. And then all of a sudden, they start speaking in what they call tongues. That's the counterfeit. And that's the reason why the apostolic and the Pentecostal churches today have Satan infiltrating his doors because they have received another spirit. When I'm praying for somebody for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I always make sure that they're there. If while they're praying to God or if I'll say, I'll say, come on, sister, or come on, brother, say hallelujah. If they say hallelujah in the midst of all that and they still there, I say, good, you still there. Because see, what Satan wants you to do, just like he does in occultism, and Brother Shane can tell you a lot about this, is he wants your mind to become lax. He wants your mind to become passive. He wants your mind to become to the point where it's not even operating. So that way he can put everything he wants into you, and then you call it God. God works in conjunction with our will. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all hearing me? So we're praying for someone. I know um, some people, they call it trance. No, it ain't. They ain't no trance. Where's the vision? Don't give me that nonsense. Come on, brothers and sisters. So it's important that you know that they're actively there. Are they aware of what's going on around them? 
Are their mental faculties still in check? This is very important. You see, this is how Satan has infiltrated the apostolic, the Pentecostals, and any of the churches, you know, that so-called quote-unquote receive the Holy Ghost because a lot of times you're watching them or if you ever get around those and see people receive the Holy Ghost. Now, myself, yeah, everybody here has seen me do it who have been with me any, any amount of time, and I've literally just flat out stopped and reproved people for it. If I'm sitting there, you think God want me to let that person go on receiving another spirit? And they think it's the Holy Spirit? Uh-uh. And this has happened. Has it not, Brother Shane? They call it the Holy Spirit. No, you ain't. No, you don't. You ain't got it. Don't care what you think. You ain't got it. So you as believers, you got a great responsibility on you, brothers and sisters. Even in the day of Pentecost, when it was fully came, them people's mind was very active. They knew exactly what was going on. The Holy Spirit always works in conjunction with your active and not passive mind. What I'm getting to, let me say it again, that don't mean you go out and then you wake up and you don't know where you are. And then somebody told you, you spoke in tongues. You go, I did. That's why we're always watching someone, especially even after they receive the baptism. Myself, I'm closely watching the response. There's a certain character. There's a certain character, a certain nature that takes place with everyone that is born again. And so it's, it's nothing wrong with rejoicing with them that rejoice, but don't get caught up to the point that you lose your soberness and not on the watch for the enemy. Am I making sense? Hmm? Lap up water like a dog. Don't just go and fall off all over in there. <laughs> Lose all reservations about yourself and everything. Hallelujah. This is a key, brother, because we live in a time where the Spirit is speaking expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. How are they going to do it? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisies. And it's good that we hear all this because we've all been told lies. And we've all been hypocrites. That don't mean we have to stay that way. Hallelujah. Amen. So a lot of people received the so-called baptism of the Holy Spirit, counterfeit one, and could not remember what happened or who they were or where they were or where they are. Who they are or where they were. That ain't the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It don't take long. If God was able to keep you this long, what happened to the rest of them? Jesus said, everyone that the Father's given me, I ain't going to never let them, they ain't going to ever be plucked out of my hand. How many times has Satan tried to pluck you out of the Father's hand? And you didn't steal, you're still there. And a lot of people fell away for a whole lot less than what you stood for. 
So I ask you again, did they have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I keep telling you folks, this thing is real. You either a son or you're not. And nothing should remove you away from the love of God. Nor height, nor death. Uh-oh. And Satan has made an asserted effort with every last one of us here to take us away from our Jesus. And yet we're still standing. So you may be in a trial or tribulation or temptation right now. Learn how to get your mind to thank God for it. So when our brethren in the scripture received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they knew exactly what was going on. Romans 6 teaches us about the attitude towards sin that we should have. Galatians 2.20 teaches us the attitude towards God we should have. And one place in the Bible tells us that he has first set forth the apostles. Is that right? Now watch this. Only, this is a key point. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 1 Corinthians 4. Y'all enjoying this? Y'all get anything out of this? You know my stance, don't you? Make no difference whether you hear or forbear. First Corinthians 4, verse 7, look at this. For who maketh thee to different from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Y'all hear that? Everything we ever got in this world, we received it. Uh, you don't believe me? What did you come in this world with? Nothing. How are you going to leave? Thank you, Jesus. Somebody said, well, I work for it. Somebody said it again. Well, I work for it. Say it again. Well, I work for it. Say it. Well, I work for it. Yet no longer I. See, this is the selfish mentality. We received this corrupt world away, brother. I'm telling you, it's done messed us up. That's why we can't love with a pure love like Jesus did. You wouldn't think that Jesus would see through every last one of our hypocrisy. He was standing here today. You wouldn't believe how humble we would make ourselves. We would put the squinted eyes on. We would try to base our spirit. Yeah, we would. Try to get holy for the moment and stuff. You don't think the Father can't see right through none of that? You better shake yourself and straighten out. Put the phone voice on. Don't give me that nonsense. The Father know all this now? He'll know it then. Hallelujah. He's not creating people with suck, sham, and hypocrisy, brother. He's creating people... True disciples. Hallelujah. Now if thou didst receive it, why doest thou glory? As if thou hast not received it. You know what I mean? You ever get some things, something like you start boasting on it or glorying on it because you got it and stuff and you act like you ain't never got it? Nobody ever gave nothing to you, anything. It's been yours. It's been there all the time. You wished upon a star and it came out of nothing. Poof, there it was. Now you are full. Now you are rich. You have reigned as kings without us. This is Paul talking to the disciples now. And I would to God you did reign. 
that we also might reign with you. For I think that God had set forth us the apostles. Somebody say that word. Last. You want to find out what that true meaning about the first shall be last and the last shall be first? Who was first set forth in the church? The apostles. Huh? Let's see what his last is all about. As it were, appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. Folk just think we nuts, crazy, lost our mind and gone out of this world. Huh? We are fools for Christ's sake. How are you? But ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you're strong. We are, hey, you are honorable, but we're despised. Are you getting this? Everything that our flesh wants to be, the apostles are the direct opposite. And they're trying to teach us, hey, come on, you, you want to boast in all this? Man, this is what we are. <laughs> huh? You strong? Man, I'm weak. People honor you. Man, I'm despised. They, man, they talk about us, throw stones at us, want to kill us, man. You know why? Because I know that God has set the apostles last. Oh, mercy. Any light bulbs went off? I ain't got them, but one or two bulbs went off. So I said, wait a minute. God set them first. Yeah, but the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And you know what that means? That means the last going to show up first. And the first going to show up last. That's how God means it. So you want to be first? You want to be last. You want to be last? You better learn his nature. So you can be first. You know. No matter where I go, I never have an intent of being despised. I really don't. I was in Walmart yesterday, okay? And I saw this white lady over there. <clears throat> and about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, kind of looked like, um, what's that woman got the fake big lips? Angelique Jolie. She kind of looked just like her. And um, so I sit there, I was in the egg aisle looking at her like this. I said, ma'am, I'm not staring at you, but can I talk to you for a second? Sure. I said, boy, you sure got some big lips for a white woman. You got any black in you or something? Well, no, not no. I think I got some tie or I, I probably got a whole bunch of stuff, to tell you the truth. I said, well, yeah. And I said, man, the people, he, people used to mock you. Yeah, they used to mock me. Now everybody want them. I said, yeah, isn't that the, just like mankind? Indecisive, don't know nothing. Um, so one thing, you know what the conversation got around to, don't you? You got that right. You got that right. Got around Jesus, baptism of the Holy Ghost, the whole nine y'all. Reproved a little bit on fornicating and having a bastard baby. And old ZZ Top rejection was sitting there listening the whole time. He was, so I said, let me up my voice a little bit so he can hear a little bit more. So who knows? Maybe I had the opportunity to sow. Amen. Let's read on. 
Even unto this present hour, we both hungry and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. That's the apostles. The bishops today got castles, mansions, four, five, six, nine, ten, eleven, twelve vehicles with servants, Learjet planes. Somebody said, man, ain't nothing wrong with you having that. No, provided that you're using it for the kingdom. When you're using it to heap up on yourself, there is something wrong with it. All right, now look at this. And labor, working with our own hands, being reviled. We bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. Isn't that something? We are made as the filth of the world and are the offscouring of all things unto this day. Anybody want to be an apostle? Anybody want to be last so they can be first? Ooh. You know, you know it's amazing when I ask questions like that. that there's passivity, boy. Right? That's what I'm trying to tell us about. There it is. It's just like as that delay. You, ain't never, you need to pay attention to that. You ask a simple question. Man, considering that, anybody want to be a disciple now? Look at him, look at him. You get a few more, then I'll... They don't need gritting your teeth now. You better grit them now rather than gritting them in hell. You better count the cost, brothers and sisters. That's the servitude of a crime. I'm telling you. Come on, I ain't done none of these people up here. I'm the most despised preacher in this county. I ain't done nothing to nobody up here in this county. If I wronged any man, I would ask for forgiveness. Just so that make sure there will be no wrong. I don't even get an opportunity to do that. You think I'm going to worry about it? Nah, I'll just go on being despised. See, I don't know where this collective thing come up where we should be beloved and loved and act alike and loved by all men. When every time he turned around, they killed Jesus, the holiest man ever lived. The apostles, they hung him, cut their head off, drug him. I mean, just made spectacle, called him fools. Where we get this? And Stephan, the deacon, humble as I don't know what. Stoned him to death. And, but we're living in our plush air-conditioned home. Driving our air-conditioned vehicles. Mm. Getting seven square meals a day. Got an abundance amount of clothes. I ain't suffering for nothing. Except when things don't work the way we think they ought to work. And we call that suffering for Christ. That's passivity personified. See, because that's a mind displaced. Come on, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Do we understand that? So the apostles, they were set first. Then it was last. So that they'll be what? I told you. There's only going to be 12, 24 elders on the throne, 12 patriarchs, 12 apostles. You and I might as well get a seat in the audience somewhere. <laughs> because there ain't nobody in here that can even think about going through what they went through. We, we, we're having a rough time with emotions. How are we going to suffer being reviled? We're having a rough time caring about what some ungodly person think about us. 
How are we going to handle being persecuted? Amen, brothers and sisters. Amen. The greatest ones are the ones who God, who have called to the call of God or who have the call of God on their lives and can give of themselves to the greatest work in Jesus Christ. We know that we have arrived to such a point in our lives when we can understand that all afflictions and infirmities are works of honor for us in Jesus. See, in case you hadn't figured out where I'm going with this passivity is, everything that God requires of us, we put up roadblocks to make sure it never happens. We lived our lives that way. And it's actually caused us to be passive towards one another, especially towards God. This is the question. How many of us actually take pleasure, meaning have a wonderful attitude for your sufferings for Jesus? See, there's that passivity again. Eddie, show it up again. Look at it. See, everybody says, no, nah, that's just human nature. No, it ain't either. No, it ain't either. I'm going to show you that it's not the nature that God created in you as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm going to show you by the word, 2 Corinthians 12. Starting at verse 9. Show you by the word how that your mind should be responding. Because remember, we, we want to make sure that we ain't controlled, manipulated, and dominated by any man now. Come on, we got to guard that. And then we forget about ourselves. The most deceptive person walking on the face of planet Earth. That two-legged dog. The one that didn't need no legs amputated. You all right, brother Doug? Now make sure you're holding yourself together over there, brother. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, you remember the vision, right? And he said unto me, look what God said. My grace is sufficient for thee, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. How is God's strength made perfect? Weakness. Now, you ask me something. How in the world can God have his strength be made perfect in your weakness when you're sitting over there having a pity patty party? Moping and dragging. Fighting against God. That's passivity, brothers and sisters. I'm, we're going to read on now. Watch this. Paul said, most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my what? Isn't that something? I would rather glory in my what? I would rather glory in my that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See? See? You hear that? He glories in his what? What do we do? Let me get a little bit more personal. What do you do? <laughs> Thank you, Dad Dow. Hmm? See, Dad set himself last so he could be first. Dad Dow said, I'll tell you what I do. Mope. <laughs> Mope. <laughs> Is he telling the truth, Mama Dow? He is mope. Now let me ask you, is that the nature of God that God created that he wants you to be as the new regenerated man? Then why are you doing it? See, that's passivity again. Everybody keep, oh, pass down, there ain't no passivity. Oh, yeah, it ain't. Somebody say one. 
two, three, four. You're still passive. Because the only thing I did was say somebody say one. I didn't say somebody say two, three, or four. Man, we something. I'm, I talk with cattle. We got cattle mind. And believe it or not, some of us couldn't even do that. Couldn't even say one. I'm telling you, this is an embedded nature that must be crucified because it keeps us from being in sobriety, in soberness like we should be in our service toward God. That's the reason why we don't have the spirit of recall whenever we should be, in, when we have the opportunity to do something for God, we can't even recall how we should act or behave. We can't even discern what's going on because there's so much in front of us. It has to be crucified, brothers. It's got to be put to death. Therefore, if any man be in Jesus Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become what? New. This is the requirement for all of us, brothers and sisters. Amen. So how many of us actually glory in infirmities? There we go again. Is that not a question? Let me put this, let me try this. How many of us actually glory in our infirmity? Is that a question? Does it have a prepositional phrase to it? Yeah, glory in infirmities, prepositional phrase. I know that is. Isn't that right? What? What? In our infirmities? I'm close. I just said glory. Hmm? See, but that's a prep. Anyway, y'all see what I mean? I ask a question and we just sit there. Let me tell you what goes on in the spirit man. What you don't know. The spirit man that you refuse to know, to get rid of and dead, he's actually standing up and saying, I ain't got to answer nothing like that. I answer what I want to and do what I want to do. We ain't got to obey nothing like that. Why won't obey something like that? Now, I ask you something. Who would you be obeying in? Mm. The answer is, no, we don't like glorying in our infirmities. The solution is, we better learn how to glory in our infirmities. So that we, why? There's a reason. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. You ain't gonna, we ain't going to never get this strong delivering power of God if you can't glory in any infirmities. Amen. If you're scared to go into any situation, circumstance, afraid that the devil's going to get you. Amen. You could go out here and preach for God tomorrow, somebody pull a gun to your head and shoot you. What are you going to do, stop preaching? Stop teaching? Stop giving out the gospel message? What are you going to do? Worry about, well, my wife, what? So what? You're going to die. Another man can have her. Oh, oh, oh. So much for Jesus. The Bible does say not let a widow be taken under three score being the husband of one man. Oh, man. Well, you can. You dead. 
Boy, I'm shooting hard hit. I'm on that spirit, boy. You can tell when I'm on that spirit, cause see, you can tell. See, you also can tell you after too, because you, you, you know, you get that mind in there, get to running, and that book will start cutting up a little bit. That spirit doing you. Then he tries to twist everything I'm saying. But let's just tell the truth. You need to glory in your infirmities. We're still getting back to where the solution is. Why? So that the power of Christ may rest upon you. In other words, that's a secret, brother. So when you get an infirmity, glory! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Knowing that that patience, that trial of your faith is going to perfect your soul. See, now, devil, I want to tell you that, but you got to have this law written on the tables of your heart, though. It says that clearly. And we'll get over that in Philippians. But it, I'm telling you, brothers, now look what he says. Therefore, I take pleasure. Somebody say, I take moping, moping. In, my in my infirmities. Thank you, Brother Axel. Brother Axel, I take moping. Now, say, I renounce moping, I renounce moping. In, the in the name of Jesus in my infirmities. Does not the Bible teach us we need to renounce all hidden things of dishonesty? Not walking in craftiness, nor in guile. Y'all making me take longer than what I need to on this. I'm serious. I mean, I love this. Paul said, I, look, therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities. Hmm? Why? He learned something. What did he learn? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Why? The new man loved the power of Jesus. Hey, he's talking about power. We talk, always talk about Holy Ghost power, don't we? How can you only get Holy Ghost power when it's green outside and the sun shining? Huh? You can't learn to take pleasure in your infirmities. How in the world can you go do the work of God? Somebody may need you, but God can't send you because you're too busy. <sighs> Nobody knows. You can't deny yourself. Somebody may need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Need somebody to pray for them and stuff, but you're too busy. And I tell the truth. Yes, uh, Christy telling on herself. <laughs> Let the word enter in, sister. Let it enter in. I keep telling you, how many times y'all heard me say this before? We respond the wrong way. I put it simple like that. Do I not? Come on, brothers and sisters. We, we hear it like that, don't we? We, we respond in the wrong way. Nothing wrong with having a heightened sense of awareness of what's going on, but let the power of Jesus rest upon you. Because you know, Sister Cindy said to me the other day, when this infirmity gone, another one's right around the corner. So you might as well get joyful anyway. <laughs> that's what she said the other day. You might as well get joyful because as soon as you get finished with this one, there's another one waiting around the corner. <laughs> See, that's good because that's a heart prepared. It's ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How you doing, Sister Ash? 
Good. Hallelujah. I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. See, that's how we know that everything you're suffering, it ain't for God. Not especially when you're dragging this figure. Ain't no way. That ain't the power of God. Not resting up on you, it ain't. Oh, no. You understand, I don't get the chance that many of you get. I don't get a chance to clown. If I'm going through something, you hardly ever know it. I got to let the power of Christ rest up on me at all times because I have to be ready. Because I may be called any minute, any moment, any time, any day. Brother Ed and Cindy, make sure of it too, boy. Lord of mercy. They remind me of me. And that's the way you need to be because you never know who you're going to run into. And you got to die off and mortify and kill off yourself so you can be used for God. Amen. Why would somebody want to come up to somebody? You, you, what are you going to do? You, you, you're going to dance a jig for them? Victory in Jesus. You ain't going to be doing that. Not when you're looking like you. Somebody going to see you and go, hey, that's a second. Uh uh. I ain't one. I won't go there. You ain't gonna dance a jig. And then get them stirred up. Oh boy. Cut a rug. You got to have a certain display of nature here. So, no matter what, you need to be instant in season, out of season. You need to let the power of Jesus Christ rest upon you all over the place at all times. Amen. Truth is, I go through just as much stuff as anybody else do. Huh? I ain't going to let it take the power of God from me. No, I ain't either. Uh-uh. Then he turns around and says this. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. How? He's strong in Jesus. Man, when I get to the point I'm so weak, man, I got the power of God is resting upon me. He makes me strong. Hmm? And I became a fool in glory. You don't know I become a fool in glory? Hmm? Remember when David, when the ark left from Obed-Edom's house? And it was going to the city of David? He became a fool. There you go. You have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. For in nothing am I behind the very chiefest of apostles, though I be nothing. Amen. He know it. Man, I'm every, everything that I am is only because of him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs, and wonders and mighty deeds. No matter what he was going through, the gifts didn't stop working. When we go through something, it comes to a screeching halt. We can't help ourselves, we can't help others, and we sure ain't helping God. That's called passivity. That's a passive spirit. It's the more capitalized, concentrate on me than anybody, anything that God has to offer. So our minds need to be worked 
to where no matter what we're going through, we need to allow the power of Jesus to rest upon us. Amen. Philippians 3, 7. Almost done, saints. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Hey, you remember, have you ever had a, a nice gold necklace? Man, you sure did love that thing. Because you put it on, you looked in the mirror, boy, this makes me look good. Thank you, bro, Rich. Thank you, brother. Mm -hmm. See? The only reason why you would buy this stuff is because you believe that it's going to illuminate your countenance more. All of a sudden, when Jesus came into your heart, man, them things didn't mean nothing. Amen. You ever know, realize that? Man, that ain't nothing. You care less he even had the thing. Uh-oh. Isn't that true? I'm just using it as an example. There used to be things used to count as gain. You count as loss for Christ. You need to do that in everything. Yet, doubtless, I count all things, all things. You hear that? But lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. You don't want to rock some knowledge can't get into you? Because you ain't got rid of yourself. You ain't denied yourself. Yet Dallas, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Isn't that right along with scriptures growing the grace and in the knowledge? For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. You hear that? And do count them but dumb. No, man, no wonder people think they're a spectacle. Look at them folk. You know, lost everything. He's still going around hollering, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. You need Jesus. And he ain't got nothing. That I may win Christ. Uh-oh. And being found in him. Not having my own righteousness which is of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Anybody want to know, the power, know Jesus in the power of his resurrection? Hey, if you're going to get to that cross, you better start dying right now. You better, hey. I am crucified with Christ. Yet no longer I, but Christ that live with it. You better start dying right now. If you want, if you want to be in part in that resurrection, you better start crucifying right now. Yeah. Crucifying what, Pastor Dow? Your mind, yeah. your will, your emotions, and definitely that old man. Because yeah. he's keeping you from a lot of the excellency and the power of Jesus Christ. Yeah. He really is. Watch this now. Look what he says right here. 
and be found in him not have my own righteousness which is of the law but that which through faith of Christ is righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his joy love peace and long suffering everlasting didn't say that did it it didn't say that did it that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his what Meaning the only way you're going to know God is when you suffer with him. Because if you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. And that don't mean suffering because of your own little personal pity patty party either. Talking about suffering for Jesus. For his cause. They don't like me. Oh. I'm sorry, folks. You ain't been taught this. Not in these places. I know I ain't been taught in these. These churches ain't nothing but jacked up the truth on us. That's all there's to it. Probably because they didn't know it. They can only, man can only give what he got. Look what he says. That I may know him in a fellowship of his sufferings, being made. What's that word? Conformable. What? Unto his what? Man, you better start dying. <laughs> you better start dying. I'm telling you, you had better start dying. You, your life is here with Christ and God. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, a new creature, old things pass away, and behold, all things come new. If any man be my disciple, talking about Jesus Christ, let him first deny himself. Man, you better get, to, you better get busy about your father's business. So that the power of Jesus Christ may rest upon you. See, we're always wondering, where's the power? Where's the power? How much dying are you doing? How much are you being conformed to Jesus? How much of what people can see the, the nature and the power of God in you? Because even though Paul suffered all the infirmities, all, all the necessities and the distresses of life, he still had the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost working through him. It never took a siesta or a break on him. It was still there. Still there. And all his infirmities. All his reproaches, all his necessities, all his persecutions, all of his weakness, he still had the power of God. They were still mighty in him. He had patience, he had the signs, he had the wonders, and he had the deeds still in the midst of all that. Anything of this come up on us, throw in time. See, this society we brought up here has made us nothing but just weak-minded believers to where we have a form of godliness and we deny the power. You hear that? The power that of God that rests upon us. Brothers and sisters, this is a message of strength. It's not a message of condemnation. This is a message to pull you out of the rut right here. This is a message to make you be the people who you ought to be in Christ Jesus. How in the world can you expect to be what he wants you to be if you don't hear about it? Amen. Faith come by hearing. Yeah. Hearing by the word of God. You got to hear it. Yeah. It's not a message you to sit back and go, ah! Ah! It's a message for you to, okay, all right, let me shake myself. Amen. Let me get a hold of myself right here because I ain't doing no good with this. I got your message, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Sure did. I know exactly what to do now. Thank you. Watch and see what I strive for now. Because any man that strives for masteries, he's tempered in all things. You better believe it. Watch and see what I do now, Father. Thank you for the word. And he sent forth his word and delivered them. Greatest truth that there is, greatest deliverance that there is, is truth. I mean, come on, we all mope together. Let's just all join in saying, come on. Let's just all. <laughs> Somebody see me like that. Man, ain't no way to go out, man. You haven't passed out. Pray for me. No, not like that. Amen. <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> uh-uh. Now, you, see, you may not even allow that come up in your mind, but your spirit going to keep you away. Mm-mm. Uh, there's some thorns over there. <laughs> you all right, brother? You need something to drink? You know, you're back there coughing, brother. Yeah, <laughs> Marius, yeah, that's true. Mm, stay away from me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay away. It's the truth, brothers and sisters. Amen. Hey, where am I? All right. Oh, here I am. Look at this. So we need to be made conformable to his death. Is that right? Yes, sir. Jesus went to the perfect death. Is that right? Amen. Amen. What did he do in that death? He bore our sins. Amen. And by his stripes we're healed. Amen. Is that right? Amen. If by any means we do all this for this, this purpose, I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. Huh? Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, we're working out of salvation. And we're doing it with fear and trembling. Yeah, I'm doing this so I can obtain to the resurrection of the dead. What do you mean? I'm going to get up when Jesus blows that trumpet. That's why why I'm doing it. That's the priority in life, brothers and sisters. Not how many bean plants you can grow and how much money you can make. That's the priority in life. Huh? Consider the field. Consider the building. Consider who you make war with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Then he says, not as though as already, already means now. Obtained. Not as though I've already now received. Neither were already complete. Perfect means complete. See, I'm not doing this because I'm already to the point where I need to be. Is that what it says? Amen. But I follow after that. But I follow after if that I may apprehend. Let me lay a hold to this. That for which also I am apprehended, overtaken of, of Christ Jesus. Huh? Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Let me stretch. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be finished 
perfect. Be thus minded. Let us understand this. And if anything, ye be otherwise, or if you have any different opinion, different way, minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. That means the same straight. Let us walk by the same straight. Same rule. And let us mind the same thing. Because there's only one Lord. One faith. And one baptism. He ain't got all these 5,000 different minds. The mind of Christ, he only, there's only one Christ. Amen. So, for, now, hey, watch this. You know, there's only one Christ. Yeah, but everybody, you know, these spirits, they something else. They've been doing this for a long time. So what they'll do, they'll say, yeah, that's the Christ who you tell us is. Now, you got to understand, who is that saying that? You got that right. Tell him to tell you who Christ is and see what happens. All of a sudden, in your spirit, it'll go mute him. You know it's the devil then. Because you ask the Holy Spirit, just ask, Holy Spirit, who is, who is the Christ? And you will hear in your spirit, Jesus. You'll hear it. You said, be quiet. You hear it. You'll go. Then first, at first, I'll say, you'll go, oh, that's just me. So then you'll go try it again. Father, who is the Christ? And you'll hear it and you go, oh, I did that myself. Y'all ain't never played these mind games like that? Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I told you, easy way to prove it. Hmm? Ask Satan. Say, Satan, are you Lord? See if you see anything, hear anything, anything come up. If you get a yeah, you know you got a devil. <laughs> you know you got a devil. And, you, and, and this one, you're going to have to get cast out. That's Antichrist. Amen? For many walk, even after all his exhortation, look what he says. He's still keeping our minds sober. Of whom I have told you often. How many times did he tell us? Often. often. Look what he says. And now tell you even weeping. Now there goes some weeping right there. Seemed like, seemed like Paul had that, that type of spirit. Every time he started talking about wolves and dogs, didn't he? Look what he says. The, look, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. He didn't say a few. He said many. Walking, brothers and sisters, many. And he's doing this. We after all that exhortation and all that comfort, he gives us a warning. Don't be fooled now. There are many walking, and he's doing it. He changed from that to just flat out lamenting, just like that, to let us know how serious it is. There's some people look like you, act like you, talk like you, enemies of the cross of Christ. You better watch them. I'm serious. Come on, brothers and sisters. That's what God tell you. You know them that labor among you. So you see all these churches that we've all attended has done nothing but make us passive towards God. So to not be passive in mind, spirit, body, and soul, that's what we need to strive for. We must be bought into actual conformity of Jesus, his death, and maintain the declared attitude of action. Not falling lies, interpretations of men that draw us away from the nature of our heavenly father. Amen. 
I mean, I can tell you. I, even as a young boy, I, I sure did see a whole lot of preaching and teaching, but I saw very few people that was just like Jesus. And the ones that were, they gone on. Now, where's the rest of them? Come on, brothers and sisters. See, truth is, we're going to have to worry about us. Dead is dead. They gone. The people that are out there, let them do what they want to do. You better save yourself from this untoward generation. And you know the doctrine we should be preaching? Let's go there real quick. Acts 2, 42. Let you read it for yourself. This is the doctrine we need to be preaching. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. Do you know the apostles had a doctrine? You do know that, don't you? I wonder why come in and say and they continue steadfast in the Baptist doctrine. Don't the Baptist got a doctrine? Don't the Methodist got a doctrine? Don't they, brother? Ed? Come on, brother. Come on. Don't the Pentecostals got a doctrine, brother Mike? Come on, brother. They, yeah, they do. I know, brother Shane. You know, don't the Pentecostals got a doctrine, brother? Don't the Catholic got a doctrine? Don't they got a doctrine? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Amen. What does the Bible tell us? To continue steadfast in. We know who we need to be following in, don't we? Yeah, we do. That's why Jesus gave them to us. Hallelujah. That's good stuff, brother. So that's good to know. The declared attitude means that we have an active volition. And the volition means the ability to choose. You know, God has never taken away our ability to choose. Amen, brothers and sisters. The ability to make conscious choices and decisions, exercising our will. There was a time when we were all, every single one of us, when we all believed lies. Everything Satan taught us, we believed it. Let's just, come on, I'm willing to tell the truth. Everything, my family, I don't care how many generations, both sides, everything they taught me was lies. And I even got my mom and dad sitting right here. Now, I didn't say that that was their intent, because they believed they was doing good. But how can you do good without God? There ain't number one good. Come on. And that's, that's Chuck and Lydia sitting right there. There are things I taught them that was lies I had to go back and reteach. Do all that. See, the thing about them, there's a lot of things that they don't never have to suffer in their life. And they keep themselves in the love of God. Keep themselves close to Jesus. Walk upright with them and keep yourself pure. There'll be a lot of things that they will keep their descendants from. Because if they don't, their descendants are going to suffer the same things. Just as sure as the day is long. So we don't train our children now. We're going to raise a generation of rebels for later. You teach how, you, if you, you got a nature passive, if you got a nature passively, listen to this, resist it. Anybody understand that? I'll tell you, see, because the mind is already passive. Because it's not active in the volition of God to make sound decisions in Jesus Christ in some areas. So we need to have our mind given completely over to Christ. Is that right? We need to be active, right? Is that right? 
The Holy Spirit works in conjunction with our spirit. Is that right? Amen. He works in conjunction with our mind. Yeah, he does. Amen. So our families, our churches, they're all rooted in tradition, which is steeped in passivity. You don't believe me? How many of you folks, when you first heard about Christmas, ever questioned it? You just passively received it. What about Easter? You passively accepted it. What about Sunday, Sabbath? You know, they call it Sabbath, the Sunday, Sunday, the first day. You just passively accept that lie, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Can't prove it by the word, but you accept it, though. Didn't you? Like, hey, come on. Didn't a lot of you women, I was well saying this generation, sometimes men, passively accept putting that pig on your face. Called makeup. I got an article, six pages down there. Man, they said he wasn't putting over five pounds of chemicals in their body a year. And it's getting even worse. And that article says this, this one, one lady puts this rub, rub this tan stuff on at night and then puts this face mask stuff on with all these chemicals and then take bath with all this stuff. And, I mean, and just, just, just literally bombarding their system. And then wonder why they got cancer. See, the natural way and the things that God wants to keep and to keep you in good health, we despise that. Amen. Hmm? We want bubbles and smell good. Look at him looking at me. It's just the truth. It's just true. Let me tell you something. You're a human, you're going to stink anyway. You stink, we, we don't have a shortage of water. Hallelujah. We ate bacon, we ate unclean foods because somebody else ate it. We received it because it was set before us. See, that's passivity. Now let me ask you something. How many else, how many, you, you know, the bizarre thing about the true born again nature is, is that once we become born again, then we become very apprehensive towards truth. All of a sudden we have the magnifying glass on the truth, become Sherlock Holmes on the truth now. And it still doesn't cause us to walk in it. Cause us to be skeptical. Tell your lie. Hook, line, sinker. Tell you the truth. Regurgitate. That's the man got to die, brothers and sisters. Must die. I'm telling you, if that's the man, that passive thing like it, it's keeping you from the power of God. Don't let that thing deceive you any longer. Huh? True worship can only be in spirit and in truth. You know, y'all heard the broadcast last night. I always got a Bible definition. I always do. Spirit and in truth. I can't, if you ask me a question, I can't answer without the scripture. In spirit and in truth. You got to have his spirit and you got to know the truth. If you don't, you can't worship him. Is that not so? You can't worship him. You must have the Holy Spirit, which enables you to obey the truth. Hallelujah. Active in volition, 
active in cooperation with Jesus, active in accepting to the real path of the cross. Amen? Hallelujah. Hey, watch this. Let me give you some of the um, characteristics of passivity. Loss of personality. We're telling on symptoms now. An absence of volation of self-control, meaning we obey every lust that comes our way. Passive in letting go of the I, meaning myself. You ever heard of mechanical um, obedience with deadness? To the point we've allowed ourselves and our descendants to become mechanical, automatic obedience with deadness. especially walking around with heaviness, which we believe or think that we are mortifying or working death in ourselves. Catholic Church teach that, don't they, Brother Roger? They teach that, that drab, dreary, that's suffering for Jesus. Paul must have been wrong then. I don't think he was wrong. And of course, all of this is done without any joy of the Lord. So we know this is not the right attitude. Does this make sense? Passivity leads us right into lying spirits. Come on, brothers and sisters. All right. Hey, we must learn how to pay attention to ourselves when we are tempted. Okay? Y'all hear that? Learn to pay attention to yourselves when you are tempted. Now, I'm going to read the scriptures over. I'm going to read James 1, verses 2 through 4. Okay? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. You hear that? Count it all what? It didn't say count it all. Somebody say joy. So if you didn't say nothing, you ain't somebody. Hey, by your own will, you prove that. Your own admission. But I ain't got to obey. They go passivity again. I ain't got to do that just because you say it. Ask me to do something. Joy! If you're great, let him become servant. Uh 
Oh, look at that. Boy, we developed this American nature wrong attitude, hadn't we? Come on, real true believers delight serving each other. Knowing whatsoever you done unto the least of these, my brethren, you done also unto me. Hmm? Oh, but praise the Lord. Glory, hallelujah. Amen. So my brother counted all joy when Sister Cindy's statement held true, ain't it? Think you got a problem now? Is you're gonna have another one this one done. When you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Somebody say, My faith, when it is tried, works patience. Then it says this, but I'm reading now. <laughs> but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Y'all hear that? Because in your patience, that's how you possess your mind, will, and emotions, which is your soul. How many times we get unpatient? You lost your mind, will, and emotions then. You can't do that. You can't afford that, brothers and sisters. And that, that patience is how you possess. You keep control of your soul. You don't just don't hand it over to the forces of darkness. See, we're going we're gonna to become active, brothers and sisters. I don't know about you. You know, I can't stand the times whenever I, I know I've been taken and deceived by the enemy. Boy, you're talking about something make you mad. Huh? You tear up the house, you just got to replace the stuff. They ain't going to do no good. <laughs> you go kick the cow, he'll move. You understand what I mean? They don't need that. Just take it patiently. I'll tell you one thing, but you renounce that devil out of your life, though. Y'all need to start using them words to I renounce. And then name whatever it is in the name of Jesus. Life and devil's in the power of tongue. Start using your tongue for the stuff that it needs to be used for. Yes, Hallelujah. Let that, let that power and excellency of God flow through that vessel of honor that he's creating in you. Yeah. He's made you vessels of honor, not vessels of dishonor. Amen. You ain't ran out the door by now, you're a vessel of honor. Because you know them spirits was kicking and cutting the food. Hmm? Some of you went to Mars and came back. That pastor spirit trying to take off on. Yeah, you did. I'm sitting right here watching. Anyway, praise the Lord. Hey, war on the saints. Let me read something. I hardly ever do this, but I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read something. All right, listen real closely. Now, this book is written on a very high educated level, so that leaves me out. Now I got to find what I'm supposed to read because I actually wrote down the wrong. Paragraph. One, two, bear with me for a second.
Well, well, well. All right, here we go. Listen to this. Passivity caused by wrong acceptance of suffering. The believer consists or consents. The believer consents to accept suffering with Christ in the way of the cross and in the fulfillment of this surrender to suffering. From this time on, passively yields to suffering in whatever form it may come. Believing that suffering with Christ means A, reward, and B, fruitfulness. He does not know that evil spirits can give counterfeit sufferings and that he may accept suffering from them, believing it to be from the hand of God and by thus doing, give ground to them for possession. Y'all see where I was spending a lot of time on, on uh, the suffering thing? Y'all see that? That's pretty good, isn't it? All right, watch this. Let me go on here. So the complete absence of fruit, um, to where you're not able to display the fruit of the Spirit, passivity. Because you're supposed to be active constantly in your mind in service towards God. So we've learned today just by reading in the scriptures, we ought to always, um, whatever we can, maintain a level of joy in us no matter what's going on. When we, when we go the other way, we're giving over to Satan, saints. I mean, really, that's the truth. We're getting over to that. We're trying to resurrect that old man who's supposed to be dead. We should be putting a hammer to his head every day. Amen? Entirely purposeless. There is no reward in witness of the spirit which tells the suffering believer that it's from the hand of God. You ever gone through something, sitting there suffering, and never got a witness that it's from God? But you're just suffering, though. Passivity. Hmm? Evil spirits. Look at this. Cause acute suffering in the spirit, meaning injecting feelings to the spirit. Repugnant. Now that means offensively and completely unacceptable. And causing sadness or pity, causing a sharp sense of sadness, pity, or regret. In the soulless realm, by an acute darkness, confusion, chaos, horror in the mind, anguish, and a knife-like pain in the heart. And other pains in vital parts of the being. Physical in any part of the body. So demons produce counterfeit suffering. Passivity. Mostly enter in, remember, through wrong acceptance of truths or ideals. Amen. 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 I have one more. Say one. It's a good book. You ain't never read it. It's written on up there for the educated folk. Hmm. 
Hmm. Sales folk like me, I got to come way down. I come way down. I go, I understand it. Still got to come way down. Because I'm not as smart. All you people look so smart. Y'all do. Man, you ain't never look at yourself in the mirror and go, boy, what a dumb looking thing. You ain't never done that? Everybody but bro Rich. See? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me read this and we're finished. Passivity caused by wrong ideas of humility and self-abasement. The believer consents in accepting to death. You hear that? To let it be carried out in a nothingness and self-effacement, which gives him no place of proper and true self-estimation whatsoever. If the believer accepts this self-depreciation suggested to him, created by evil spirit, it becomes an atmosphere of hopelessness and weakness about him, and he conveys to others a spirit of darkness and heaviness, sadness, and grief. His spirit is easily crushed, wounded, and depressed. He may attribute the cause to sin without being aware of any specific sin in his life or may even look upon his suffering experience as vicariously suffering for the church whereas an abnormal sense of suffering is one of the chief symptoms of possession so now you see the reason why brothers and sisters I spent time here trying to tell us um, about we're going to have to get a control of our spirit that it lines up with Jesus Christ and the apostles we're going to have to actually practice denying of self when we suffer with him we reign with him but knowing when you're suffering for Christ you're suffering for the cross and his sake and that's a joyous occasion if it's anything other than that you're suffering from sin and all that you sin you better repent anything other than that you got devil problems you got demon problems hallelujah so don't let these words slip and say that we, have, we don't know anything about passivity. Okay? I mean, really, don't let these things slip from your heart. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, if you want some prayer for passivity or anything like that, we'll pray for you. Amen? Hallelujah. We bless the name of Jesus. Glorify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Remember, the message is for exhortation. It's for the purpose to uh, enhance. It's for the purpose for us to draw nigh unto Jesus, to get strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? And the only way we can do that, we have to deny ourselves. Take up our cross, follow him. The words today are meant, hey, we don't apologize for telling the truth. Never will. Amen? God, hey, can I have a seat for a second? Just for a second, please. I'm going to have, hey, brother, ask ourselves and do that. Brother, Axel, come and tell us about that, that experience, brother. Uh, I, I was praying for my daughter, and since I learned all of the word in English and I learned how to pray in English, I was more comfortable doing it in English. And even though nobody understood in my house what I was saying, I was praying for my daughter, and I was holding her, and she was, the, the demons were coming out of her, and my mama was just with her eyes open like that. She couldn't believe what she was seeing because she refused to believe that the devil exists. 
So when she was on, when she was looking at my daughter and she was spitting and manifesting and all of this, it was amazing to her to see all these reactions that she have never seen in her life before. So what I was telling Pastor Dal when I talked to him on the phone is that I was praying in English, but the demons did came out of her like that. And nobody understood what I said but Christy, but the demons did. They knew what I was saying and they came out of my daughter. And it was just that that's it. I was praying in English and my daughter don't speak English. But demons did understood what I said. Well, these things are real though, ain't they? Because we know that. Um, so judge not unless you be judged. Same measure you judge, be meet back to you again. You know a lot of times you make judgments, and especially done the wrong way, you ain't got too long, you'll be dealing with the same thing. Yeah. You should learn it by now. That's true. If you don't know that by now, man, what can somebody do? Throw you out in front of a truck, you'll die then. Yeah. A lot of things that we're suffering is because of what we've said about others. Is that not the measure we meet? Meet back to you again. Hallelujah. Wait a minute. We'll pray for you. Come on. You got walking, washed away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Why are you walking like that, bro? 